Welcome in, everybody, to the second episode of Phoenix Con Men. That's right. The first one was just good enough that we decided to give it another go. My name is Kraft, alongside my co-host, partner in crime, and the other half of the equation, Big Josh. Yes, and I am suffering from the post-con crud, as everybody is calling it. Oh, man alive. Day two, I even walked up to you and said, Josh, you were a... Yeah, you're sounding a little different. Yeah, it started around day two, and it started to get progressively worse each day. But it wasn't just me. It was the guests that were getting it. Other people that were attending it were getting it. You know, I noticed that. We were uh, behind the scenes and got to see a lot of the guests, and especially uh, Garrett David Lloyd was, like, coughing and hacking the whole time. So I'm going to blame Yanto for the whole thing. Well, I'm going to blame uh, Denise Crosby because she touched me and she was sick. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Josh got touched by Denise Crosby, yes, which, we're gonna, which we're going to talk about later because you you've this was quite the con. We got to see cool things, meet cool people, and you had a revelation is the best way I can put it. Yes, I did. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to wrap up the uh, Phoenix Comic Con Fan Fest 2015. We're going to talk about talk about it from two sides: the volunteer side, which both Nick and I uh, are volunteers for Phoenix Comic Con, and this is his first time. This is actually my fourth event with the convention and the uh, Square Egg Entertainment. And then we're also going to talk about it from the uh, attendee side because he brought his family. And I did take in quite a few panels and uh, was able to uh, take in the sites and everything a little bit more this time around. So I guess we'll talk about the uh, the uh, attending uh, as a regular Joe Schmo, just anybody, the public coming in and uh, uh, taking in the sites and everything. So you brought your family this time. Sure. And not only did I bring my family, but this was, in essence, pretty much all of our first cons. Now, Sarah has done like Star Trek conventions and stuff before when she was younger. Uh, but this is definitely the first time that I attended a- any sort of con. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have full numbers or anything, but it actually turned out to be a pretty decent crowd. I hope it at least met last year's numbers. We haven't gotten that bit of information yet, but it turned out to be a pretty good crowd. Um at least for me, um, the vendors, I think, were better quality this year than last. Sure. And uh, I don't know. Did you do much shopping and looking around? Yeah, we did a little shopping. We picked up some purchases and stuff. And, you know, I do want to point out for anyone that is in the Southwest area and you're thinking about doing either Phoenix Comic Con or the Comic Con Fan Fest. From what I heard, uh, the Fan Fest is a little more vendor heavy where it's a good season for it. It's right before Christmas. And there was an insane amount of stuff that you could buy there. Like I could easily have spent a ton of money. And it seems like the celebrities and the panels and stuff are kind of an addition to that show. A great addition, mind you, but but more of an addition. And then please correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that the actual Comic-Con in June is going to be a lot more event-driven. Yeah, and I've showed you the uh, the previous, uh, the big show we call it. I showed you that programming, um, uh, the, the guide, they call it. And it is definitely a lot more thicker. I, I, there's at least a couple hundred. I, and I'm, I know our uh, programming director is going to kill me if I don't get the number right. So I'll say at least a couple hundred hours of programming going on over the four days at the big show versus at FanFest, there's only three rooms. And one of them is reserved for the spotlights, and then they have a couple of other rooms, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, 
media room and the Fiesta Bowl, the digital press room. Um, so there's not a whole lot of extra type of programming, but yes, sir, you are correct. The Fan Fest is more of a shopping event, and uh, believe it or not, a lot more cosplay, it feels like, or at least it's more in a concentrated area of cosplay versus the big show where it's a lot more spread out and you don't get to see everything that you want to. So, yeah, I mean, if this is your first one, it's just a taste of the big show. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's especially from a volunteer side of things. If you made it through this, you'll definitely be way more uh, busy leading into the big show. But, you know, I think overall, at least for me as an attendee, I enjoyed this show more than uh, the last Fan Fest because, you know, it was our first one. And at least that Fan Fest, there wasn't a whole lot of the celebrity side that really geared towards me. But this one had a couple that I really wanted to look into and. Now, one of those, big Star Trek fan, really don't care for her character on Star Trek, but Denise Crosby is uh, Tasha Yar. She uh, was there. Oh, yeah, we had this discussion. And let's let's just remind everyone, <laughs> what was your favorite Tasha Yar episode? The one where she died. The one where she died. <laughs> and really, and, and I sat in on her, uh, her panel, and um, I really, to be quite honest, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. Because I didn't really follow her a whole lot outside of Star Trek. I do know that she played Marion as one of the cannibals in The Walking Dead. And, you know, you'd see her on and off in just a random uh, TV show or movie every now and then. She was, uh, I believe she was one of the people, uh, one of the wives in uh, Deep Impact. Um, the uh, yeah. end of the world asteroid movie that came out the same time as Armageddon. Uh, she was the mom. And um, she talked about that. She talked about uh, uh, Bing Crosby, which is her grandfather. She actually uh-huh. got pretty emotional with that. And uh, she talked about The Walking Dead and a lot of uh, information there. And she's like, that, you know, they are well-oiled. It's very secretive. You know, talked about a lot of that. It was really interesting just to hear about Walking Dead. But the majority of the uh, questions and answers were really geared towards Star Trek, obviously. She talked about everything, you know, working with the cast and all that stuff. And, you know, I've read online, like, sort of why she left and everything. Uh, because, you know, was she written out? Did she just, you know, have some sort of contract dispute or something? And she actually went into detail telling us, you know, why did she leave? Well, she felt at the time, and anybody that walks, watches Next Generation knows that the first couple seasons are pretty bad. The writing is not that good. It was very, very, very cheesy. Well, she kind of recognized that as a professional actress that, you know, she was thinking long term. And at least to her, the writing was not great at all. And yeah, obviously her character wasn't being developed at all. And she made the decision. She said she talked to Gene Roddenberry, who was still alive at the time. And she made the decision to leave. And Uh according to her story. Uh, you know, Gene was sad, but, you know, he really didn't want her to go, but he said that he wants to kill the character off. And they decided to uh, work together and come up with an idea on that. And obviously, the inevitable happened. I cheered and everything when she died. <laughs> <laughs> but she, Little did you know that, you know, 20 years later, you would see her do a speech at the con and... I, I don't know. You walked out of there in a completely different mindset. Yeah. I mean, she explained her decision. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, she went more in depth about her career and everything and how things were going. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes more sense. And she is actually the one behind the idea that she came back as uh, Tasha's daughter. 
And uh, she came back in uh, yesterday's Enterprise and played the uh, alternate Tasha uh, and went back uh, through the uh, rift and got captured by the um, by the Romulans. And that Tasha Yar, you know, and the Romulan had a kid together and her daughter came back, Sela. And, of course, she played that character. And uh, she's uh, went through that whole mindset. It was like, well, we weren't going to bring it back, but, you know, it was her idea to based on her idea to come back as a Sela as a Romulan um, Romulan human mix for uh, Tasha Yar's daughter. They were going to try originally to do it with, and I forget the guy's name, but the uh, lieutenant that she uh, kind of had a fling with on the uh, Enterprise C. Yeah. That was her original idea is to have a daughter with that uh, romantic interest, but they decided that she would be captured and she would have a, uh, child with the Romulan and that's how that character Sila came to be and you know when you start getting more pieces to the puzzle filled in and you hear it directly from the source I mean yeah it definitely changed my perspective of her it's like you know she is not my least favorite character in Star Trek anymore oh wow yeah who's who's, who has been demoted uh well it depends if you start looking around it's people like um uh, Kess I really did not care for oh yeah nobody liked her character and you know, nah, I'm I'm glad they wrote her off, but you know that that was a tough series anyway, and got replaced by Jerry Ryan instead of nine more for eye candy than anything. But yeah, I think I think there's a new bottom person. But yeah, I think um, as I digest more of what I heard from the panel and everything, you know, it's uh, yeah, that I don't hate that episode as much. I don't hate her character as much anymore. And there's just better understanding that. And it really, if you go back and look, it was the writing was just horrible and it got better. And that's when she felt the, like uh, Rick Berman, actually, the executive producer, wanted to bring her back. And she's like, How are you going to bring me back? And they talked. They figured it out. Yeah. I have cool. to say, I'm a little jealous of that panel. While you were doing that, and this is going to sound crazy, I'm jealous because I was at the Karen Gillan panel, and that one was obviously packed to the gills, and I was really kind of excited about it. Uh, unfortunately, I learned how many ways you can ask a person what their favorite episode was because it was an open QA, and that got kind of tedious pretty quickly. Um, very pleasant lady. Karen Gillen was awesome. Had a ton of fun listening, even though she was pretty much asked the uh, same question over and over. Uh, she managed to vary her answers a little bit and talk about different things. So uh, the panel wasn't a total wash, but uh, it was one of those times when you're like, wow, I kind of wish this was moderated a little bit. Yeah, and that was the only thing that I felt was a little bit odd, but I get it because that panel, that spotlight was actually off-site at the uh, Renaissance Hotel. It had a bigger space. They knew they would have a big draw for her, and they put her in the biggest space possible. It overlapped with Denise Crosby's, though. Yeah. And that usually doesn't happen with the spotlights, and I, I had to choose, and I'm like... Yeah, I'd, I would love to hear why she's such a big draw. I was like, I want to be in that atmosphere. But then I'm like, mm, kind of want to actually sit on a Denise Crosby. So it was like a 30-minute uh, over, overlap. And, you know, by the time Denise Crosby was done, they were already 30 minutes into Karen's. And it was just like, nah, I'm not going to make it over there in time. And just decided to go back and get back to work. And actually that's – and it, it was kind of a benefit of being a volunteer. I got to meet – Denise Crosby behind the scenes as she was going back to do autographs. I just made a quick comment as she went by. I'm like, hey, I really enjoyed your panel. And she's like, oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that comment. She grabbed my arm and everything. And 
uh, just uh, spend a couple seconds just to shoot the shit with me just briefly. So, yeah, that was the one surprising thing about Kara Gillen is I had no idea she was that tall. I mean, she's 5'11 and then, you know, wears not like massive heels or something, but she was a little taller than I was. And that, that kind of took me back aback uh, just because they don't portray her as being very tall in the shows that she's been in. Yeah, and I didn't notice that either until, uh, you know, behind the scenes. That's, again, it's one of the advantages of us working behind the scenes. We actually get to see. And if you're working in that area, most of the uh, celebrities, as they walk by. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I was like, wow, she's not even wearing heels. <laughs> yeah. I will say this. Uh, Kevin Sorbo's IMDb says 6'3". I, I feel I need to contest that. <laughs> you know, he is definitely not Hercules these days. You can tell. It's like, yeah, that part he hasn't played in quite a while. You can tell. And, uh, yeah, you could, I'd see him walking away in a distance. I'm like, man, that's, that's not Hercules, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> So the other panels, panels, I should say, that I took in was based on uh, a lot of our childhood. Oh, of course. Alan Opperman and... Um, or it's oh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Alan, Alan Oppenheimer. I would say he was one of the surprise standouts of the con. He was fantastic. His own, his personal, uh, just him being in a panel and him talking about, obviously, Skeletor and a lot of other things that... Just him switching over to Skeletor voice, it's like, oh, there's the rush of all your childhood memories and He-Man and everything. He talked oh. about a lot of the stories, like, you know, he would be out of country and he would just be traveling around. And, you know, he would talk about, yeah, I'm an actor. And he would talk about some of the movies and stuff that he'd been in. And since it's out of the country, you know, people don't really always know all those movies that he's been in. But he's asked the, uh, he was actually in a, like a taxi and he asked the driver and his translator is like, well, does he know cartoons? And you know, the driver's like, yeah, yeah, I know cartoons. And all he had to do, and this is his story, he just did Skeletor's laugh. And the guy actually almost runs off the road because he recognizes the laugh and knows that, oh my gosh, this is the guy who did the voice of Skeletor. It's freaking awesome. It's a great story to hear. But uh, the other uh, panel I sat on was, uh, uh, I'll basically say it like this, Skeletor and uh, She-Ra and then the animator, Tom Cook. So... Melody Brett, Alan Oppenheimer, and Tom Cook. Um, I only briefly got to sit on that for like two minutes because I was on my way to go do something, and I was like, eh, I could just take a few minutes, pop in here. Um, and as I sat down, Melanie and Alan did an exchange as Shira and uh, Skeletor. And oh, yeah. It, and it was so awesome. <laughs> and uh, it was just they were both in their voice and character. It was just, as I sat down, I recorded on, uh, for, uh, on my cell phone and posted it on the Facebook. So yeah, absolutely. We'll go ahead and get that shared on the, uh, Phoenix Command Facebook page. Uh, by the way, just go to facebook.com, look up Phoenix con men, like our page and you can find out all about us there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all the uh, time that I had to take in panels and the other ones didn't really, you know, I kind of stepped in on the, um, the supernatural, uh, with, uh, Julian Richings and Elena Huffman. Yeah, and I just briefly poked my head in, and they had a pretty good draw. So they uh they probably had a pretty good uh panel. I mean, it was probably about over three quarters of the way three quarters, three quarters of the way uh full in the uh, spotlight room. So yeah, um, there was a couple more I wanted to catch, like uh, Morgan Shepard. But as we uh, get towards our volunteer experience, we'll we'll you'll know why that some of us (laughs) couldn't make those panels. Oh sure. 
Well, let us go ahead and recap some other things because I brought my kids as well. So not only did they have the photo booths and the autographs with the celebrities and all of the vendor stuff that you could go around and shop at, uh, they had free photo booth where you could actually just go up with friends or people in costume and take photos and get printouts. So they posted the site. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see the photo of Big Josh and I there. They had uh, Nerdy St. Nick pictures. I've got pictures with uh, my kids and Captain America claws. They also had uh, Joker claws. They had Batman claws, uh, Stormtrooper claws. Harley Quinn claws uh, because uh, me and a couple of the guys I worked with, we uh, sat in on a uh, free photo for that and actually uh, bought a couple of prints for them because they were really cheap. It was like five bucks a print. I'm like, yeah, why not? They even had things that were not necessarily Comic-Con related outside. They had a parkour demonstration team not only doing things but showing other people how to do different parkour moves. They had the uh, BB-8 droid from Star Wars running an obstacle course. And then they had all sorts of uh, cosplay contests and sessions if you wanted to sit in and learn how to make some of the costumes or do some of the makeup that some of these people do. Uh, it was You were able to do that. Um, uh, giant blow up inflatable courses for the kids. They did face painting and everything. My kids had a blast and they were there for a solid, uh, six or seven hours and enjoyed themselves every second. Yeah. The, uh, outdoor stuff. I, uh, actually got to poke my head out there a couple times and actually it was because, uh, I forget what the programming was for it, but nobody was showing up for it. It's like people didn't know. And I think that's one thing that might need to be, uh, looked at and improved upon is like, how do you tell the people that are already inside that, hey, we're getting ready to start something fun outside. Why don't you come out and look? You know, they weren't doing any PA announcements. And really, I got it written on my whiteboard here to actually look at is like put up uh, other information billboards around the convention center that update and say with the schedule and stuff or make some sort of like, hey, you know, don't forget to go outside and uh, check out these events at this time as people are walking around doing their shopping because they get distracted, they get tired, they go sit down inside. But you know, as they leave, they might see something in the distance like, oh, they got they got some things going on out here. I wish I had known. And a lot of people have got the uh, program guide and everything. But, you know, unless they're actually told, they're going to forget about it as they're shopping. So at least that's one thing that I think as a, an attendee that I would like to see improved upon is like, hey, we got other stuff going on elsewhere at the convention. Make it a public announcement or make it more visible to say, hey, you know, this is going on right now type stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely check the outside. The big improvement over last year was the food trucks. Yeah. They went from two, and I think they had up to about, I don't know, six or seven this time, and it was a good variety and everything. But uh, one of the two times I went out there, it was a grilled cheese truck that was out there. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And I've been wanting to try to grill cheese truck for quite a while. Walk up, and they're not taking order. I'm like, what's going on? They ran out of propane, <laughs> which is a good problem to have in a way. It means that they're making sales. People are buying a lot of their food, but they didn't plan for that rush, and they just ran out, and they had to go find some, and it was going to be about 30 minutes. It actually took longer than that because I came back 30 minutes later, and they still didn't have their new uh, propane tank. Ended up going to the – and this is actually a weird truck that I hadn't seen around here, but it was the, the uh, main lobster truck. Yeah. Yeah, they were serving lobster. It was like, okay, this is weird. And I get a lobster quesadilla. I was like, okay, eh, it's not bad. It's a little pricey. Wasn't anything great, but it was different. And so I tried that out. And yeah. So uh, other than what we've talked about, I mean, 
uh, got to visit with my uh, sister and brother-in-law in their booth, the 105th Costuming Group. I forget what that full name is, but they, um, they'll they probably update it in the chat here if they're quick and uh, let me know what the actual name of it is. But uh, they are part of a costuming group here, and I got to visit with them and visit with some of their other people that they uh, do uh, uh, costume builds with, and they were talking about that and everything. And they actually had a great location right there at the autograph booth and point of sale in the convention center. So they had a lot of foot traffic and everything. I don't think they were expecting that, but, um, you know, yeah, it worked out well for them. So speaking of costumes, there were some great ones. Yes. What were your top three? Um, and I didn't see it in person, but the pictures on Karen Gillen's, uh, Twitter and even on Facebook, it's the sisters from, um, the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, Gamora and Nebula. Uh, yes, they did an amazing job, and Karen actually spent a lot of time and did custom poses with them, and they took many, many pictures in the photo booth and action poses and everything. She and, and Karen, and that just shows that Karen's one of the good guests to have, that she'll actually spend time, if she has it, with the guests and do these special poses and everything. That was probably the top one that I saw. Uh, one of the pictures that I took, <laughs> was of a hammerhead shark and it looks like i don't know it was like a big cotton ball but if you actually use your imagination and everything it was a tornado so two people came as sharknado i that one was definitely up there on mine as well that one was funny as hell to me and the other one that i mentioned to you actually in text while i was walking through the convention center was that and, and, you know, there's a lot of dead poles and everything but it, it was a dead pole with a dick in a box it was just walking around just presenting it and everything <laughs> just being all deadpool like i'm like oh gosh it's something so simple yet so not appropriately not appropriate <laughs> yeah it was yeah that, that that was where my top three yeah i have to say uh one of the big ones was arnold rimmer from red dwarf he even had the shiny h for hologram on his forehead <laughs> so if, if you're a red dwarf fan you know exactly what i'm talking about uh what are some other good ones that i saw um, there was a pretty decent Full Metal Alchemist where they had uh, Edward and Alphonse as the big suit of armor. And then, oh, they had the entire Breakfast Club. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. Yeah, the whole Breakfast Club oh, was there. Man. Like a big group of people. They were even posing and stuff. That oh, was that, that's solid. awesome. No, I didn't get to see that. But, I mean, uh, with uh, Star Wars, the new movie approaching, there was a huge presence there for, like, Stormtroopers and different variations yeah. of Boba Fett and all this and it wasn't like crappy at all it was like great costumes that you got to see. oh no some like of them yeah some of them even had like the microphones and stuff so they had that signature like stormtrooper voice whenever they talked yeah it, it worked out very well it was good timing and everything so uh yeah and if you're star wars you you missed out i mean <laughs> you had a ton of options to pose with <coughs> oh, excuse me still fighting this crud Yep, you'll make it, dude. So, uh, as from a attendee standpoint, I think that's about all that I had to say on it. Yeah, I don't think there's much else. So, this was my fourth convention that I volunteered for. This is my uh, second one as a manager of the uh, on-site technology team. But this is your first, not only your first convention, but you went flat out and volunteered even. Yeah. So overall, what was your volunteer experience like? 
Well, I got to say, I think I had a pretty ideal volunteer experience because I got to volunteer for multiple teams and do multiple things. So uh, for the first part of Saturday, I was actually working with Pete back in photo booth and uh, a big shout out to the coordinators on your team, Pete, Chris, uh, Kenya and Troy. Troy. Yeah, great guys. Had a blast meeting them. Uh, they were very patient, showed me the ropes, and it was great. So I got to start off in photo booth, which is kind of behind the curtain. So I got to watch all the celebrities arrive and uh, help troubleshoot all the technology uh, there on the floor. So that was kind of cool to be up front and get to, like, you know, just actually see the celebrities and the media guests as they came in. Uh, after that, and surprisingly, I, I almost liked registration a bit more because it was more of a people watching thing. Yes. Like like back in the photo booth, you're just kind of sitting around behind the curtain just waiting for bad things to happen. So you'll just poke your head out every now and then. Uh, but up in registration, you're helping you know people that are having trouble with their passes and stuff. But that also means that you get to see absolutely everybody come in and get their tickets. So you get to watch all the costumes and uh, see all the crazy things people are dressed as. And it's actually a lot of fun working up there as well. Yeah, and uh, you're you're right on about the uh, coordinators. These are guys that um, that I've worked with, and then have helped uh, recruit and maintain. And you know, they and like I said in the uh, the thank you email that went out, they are basically my right hand times four. I mean, I, I would look very crazy with four hands, but they are. Um, I, they are tremendous to work with, and you know, I'll, I'll do anything to keep them on staff while I'm here. Um, so from a manager standpoint, I think, uh, at least for me, um, it went very well. Um, anybody that came to the convention around 1030-ish on Saturday might have noticed that the line under registration was extremely long. Well, after one full day of operation on Friday and part of the morning on Saturday, uh, for whatever reason, and I don't have the full answer as to why, we lost communications with our credit card vendor on our application that we use to uh, do credit card transactions. Just stopped working. It just stopped working. It, there was no warning. It wasn't any sort of connection issue at the convention center. We just had to switch back over to a very manual and painful method of doing credit card transactions. So, um, you know, that's when everything kicked in. All of our training, all of our professional knowledge, everything kicked in. Uh, we had the right people uh, call to troubleshoot the issue. Uh, we let all the uh, appropriate um, directors know, hey, we got a problem up here, blah, blah, blah. We need to figure out a game plan. And within 10, 15 minutes, a game plan was in place. The registration manager uh, was already switching people over, uh, the registrars over to the manual method um, that they were already familiar with from the uh, previous conventions. And uh, we're starting to get transactions going again. It was slow, but it was moving. And uh, anybody that was in line, they sent out a couple directors. Even our overall convention director was out there in the line with badges to swap people with the uh, barcodes they had pre-printed with whatever badge they needed, full event, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. Th those are the easy ones because all you do is to swap, just check them in, and just they can go into convention. Got yeah. them out of the line, started to shorten the line up tremendously. And we had a couple directors out there with volunteers doing that. And they just cut the line down, gosh, by probably at least half, if not more. Because the people that walk up, they have to buy um, the badge that they need. And, of course, most of the time it's, it's credit. And we don't take uh, cash. It's a, a cashless registration. 
So, of course, anybody who's still online, they, they, it was slow, but we gave them updates. It's like, you know, we're, we're working the issue. We are pushing people through. If you have credit, you're okay. It's just going to take a little bit longer than maybe you're accustomed to from Big Show and other fan fests. So as uh, the problem was um, determined, we started switching people back over to the regular system to speed it up. And then we ran into another problem. So everything's hosted on a cloud and everything with Amazon, and uh, we could not get people their receipts because we were <laughs> we <laughs> basically filled up all of our allocated space. Yeah. So that was another 15 minutes of troubleshooting, and they got that all fixed, and everything got smoothed out with probably about 11.30, 12 o'clock, everything was back to normal. Uh, but, I mean, that was the big glitch of the convention and major issue of the convention, and it happens. But that's why they recruit people like me and people like uh, the people on the online team. Um, and I'm just going to go by their first names, Mark and Doug and and uh, uh, Josh Noble, because there's 20 Joshes <laughs> on our team. I'm going to say Josh Noble. But the online team was tremendous on getting things back in order and uh, fixing any issues that we had. So um, that was all behind the scenes. They don't get enough credit. Members just – don't know how many people it takes to keep the convention going in the background. And, um, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but we had professionals uh, working on it that know, know their stuff. And uh, we, everything was communicated. Everybody was calm. Everybody did their job enough to where our convention director wrote this really nice and public um, thank you to everybody involved during that situation on Facebook. And uh, it was just really nice to, to, to read it and um, him talking about his past experiences when they had a problem like this before. And it was just a miserable day after that. But he got up there during the, this fan fest and he was like, I don't need to do anything. Everything is handled. This is basically amazing. And I'm like, I can focus on getting people in the door and not have to worry about managing the situation. It's already taken care of. So. The fact that we were able to make him comfortable with that, I mean, we we did everything that we volunteered for. And yeah. um, that was just great. But overall, I mean, I, I think the team that we built and brought together, I mean, you know, Nick, I, you know, I'm not just saying this because we're both on the show together. We've been friends forever. But you jumped in and did just about everything you could and did a tremendous job. You did more than most people in their first uh, convention. A lot of people like to sit in the background and, just watch and try to get uh, taught up on things. But uh, you did all that and then some. And <clears throat> those are the people that we need to keep on and maintain and move up into the ranks and everything is people that actually have that passion and actually want to be involved. And, you know, the the people that we had at FanFest was probably the best team. And <laughs> I hate to say that, but, yeah, I mean, we had such a great team. It's like when the glitch happened, we had people jump out and help with the line control and not really just, you know, keep the line in check or anything. It's like when things got backed up in registration, we had to designate areas, uh, kiosks for just credit cards for just prepaid. But the way it's laid out, you might not be able to see the registrars waving that, Hey, I'm available. So we had guys, uh, directing traffic. They just jumped out there without hesitation and, just stayed out there for at least an hour or two until things calmed down. So people like that did their part. Um, anybody that helped the directors out in line, passing out badges in exchange for the barcodes, the prepaid barcodes. And then any of the uh, troubleshooting that was done down in the uh, autograph area. I mean, we got 
nothing but great compliments, not only from the handlers, but the guests were even saying how amazing we were and everything. And when we get feedback like that, I mean, it makes me feel good that I'm doing my job recruiting the right people in those areas. But really it's like, it's uh, we're providing a service and you get the right people in the right place. And it just makes the experience just tremendous for everybody involved. And then I don't have to do anything. It's just like, you know, it's just like what Matt said. It's like, you can just sit back and just take it in and, you know, work on something else. And it's just trust that I have with like the coordinators handling their people and everything. They do a tremendous job. So. Yeah, no, it was great all around. And I will say that everyone I worked with was exceedingly friendly and very professional. You can tell that, and, and we'll stay right up front that like 99% of the people that are involved with the comic con and the fan fest are volunteers. So yes. they are there not because they're raking in dollars or anything, but because they have a passion for the event and for the industry. So, uh, I personally got to work with, uh, people in, uh, autograph and photo sales who are fantastic. I got to work with people over at merchandise who are fantastic registration online, all fantastic. I definitely didn't have a bad experience. And, you know, if you have a passion for something like this and you happen to be in the Phoenix area and you're interested, um, I guess the, what's the best way just show up to the next all hands meeting. Well, two things, check out phoenixcomiccon.com first, check the volunteer link and there's a lot of information on there, but yes, as you were saying, we have all hands meetings and it's open to anybody that has an interest in volunteer. It doesn't have to be on the tech side like Nick and I. It could be in marketing, be guest relations, operations. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a if you have a, any sort of interest, I mean, they need volunteers and good people that will want to stick around and do this. I mean, don't do it just for a free ticket. Do it to, because you want this to happen. And I can tell you, once you meet our overall convention director, Matt, I mean, you hear him in the all-hands meetings, at least for me, I want to work for him. He's just such a tremendous guy to listen to. He's just charismatic and just fun to be around. And, you know, he knows his stuff. And it's just like, I, I want to work for this guy. Yeah, his passion is infectious. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. And I believe the next All Hands meeting is January 9th. Uh, check the, uh, the website and Facebook. They'll be posting information because it's open to anybody. It's not just past volunteers or people that are invited. It's open to anybody. If you have no idea what volunteering Comic-Con, Phoenix Comic-Con is like, just show up to the all-hands meeting. It's typically at uh, downtown Phoenix at the convention center. Um, I don't know which building it's going to be in. All that information is going to be released probably about maybe 10 days before, like um, uh, which building it's going to be in, which floor, all that jazz. But it's usually at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, which I believe is January 9th is a Saturday. So... Definitely come out if you are interested. I mean, we can't – obviously, Nick and I can't say enough about our experience. I mean, I've been doing this for just over two years now, and I still want to do it. And, you know, there's – and it it kills me to even say this. There's even a possibility, and, and of course, Nick is trying to <laughs> do everything he can in his power to make this not happen. <laughs> but um, I am possibly relocating again for a job. Uh, nothing in particular yet, but the possibility is out there and it just kills me that I would have to leave this organization. And I'm even looking at other conventions and I'm, uh, in the areas that I'm job searching at, it's like, man, this just doesn't, just doesn't feel right. And I haven't even attended it yet. I haven't even looked at it. I'm just looking at the website and the uh, Facebook page. I'm like, man, I know they can use my help, but I just don't know if it's the right fit. I mean, with this, I just showed up and it's like, I, I feel like a part of a family. 
and I really don't want to leave it. And it's just killing me, even the idea that I might be. So uh, it's killing me too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's saying all this just to try to keep me here. He's lying, though. <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, not at all. Uh, as Josh said before, I mean, it really is open to everybody. If you have a passion for that, I, I shout out. Um, he might listen. He might not. But uh, Jacob, Jake on our uh, tech team. Yeah. Uh, sophomore in high school. Yeah. And this is actually a program I started. Um, gosh, at the big show, this past big show. Anybody that has an interest just to see what we do. It's a mentoring program. So. Um, at the last, the big show, we had two young ladies that walked up to me at the all hands meeting. He's like, you know, I'm volunteering for this group, but you know, I have a, I have a passion for technology and I just want to see what you guys do. You know, they're not necessarily volunteering for us, but they want to see what goes on to see if they want to be a part of our department. Yeah. They're actually, uh, one of them worked for geek squad with Best Buy. She just wanted to see if she can, you know, network with us and actually see if this is something she wants to do. And we carried it over into FanFest and one of the volunteers for uh, InfoDesk, uh, Jake's mom, uh, walked up to me uh, during the all hands and is like, hey, my son is huge into technology. He loves robotics. You know, he's uh, finally at the age where he can volunteer and it's 16 and above in most cases with parental consent up to 18, by the way. Um, and she walks up to me and tells me all this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's 16. He can come hang out with us. I mean. You know, we'll show him the ropes and we'll talk about our, some of our experiences and stuff. And, you know, when he showed up, the first thing I did is that I gave him a big tour and told him how everything was set up. And, you know, I, I knew he didn't know everything about, you know, computers and networking and stuff like that. So I tried to explain it as best as I could, as fast as I could, because I was still doing my job. Sure. Uh, but we went around the entire convention center, center showed him uh, the behind the scenes. And I think at that time, one of the photo sessions was going. So he got to see the the uh, photo printers in action and that whole ordeal. And, you know, eventually he came back around registration. He started following the guys around troubleshooting stuff, just seeing what they're doing. Oh, and then I trained him and put him to work. Yeah. And then I left it alone. <laughs> I left the coordinators and you guys. And yeah, he ended up working with you with the online team and uh, troubleshooting tickets and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. He just jumped in and did it. And I'm like, that's, uh -huh. this guy, I want him back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, Hey, if you're going to sit there, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, out? And I talked to uh, him and his mother uh, as we were getting ready to start packing up and everything on uh, Sunday evening, and they were getting ready to leave. I'm like, hey, yeah, how'd it go? And he just has a big smile on his face and everything. His mom's all smiling and laughing. I'm like, hey, you know what? Come on back to the big show if you're interested. So, yeah, he's, I'm hoping he'll come back. And she's like, yeah, it sounds like he wants to, and I think we did our part. So if you know anybody that may want to – be mentored or just see what we do. I mean, we will do it. Well, I'll make the time myself to uh, show you the ropes and just show you around and see what we do. And if you want to be, uh, if you have any interest in volunteering for the tech department, but you're not sure if you're capable, I mean, we can show you the ropes. It's not that big a deal. I try to make it a learning environment as best as I can. And that carries all the way down to coordinators. Like take the time, show people what they're doing. And if you want to see if this is something you want to do, yeah, well, you know, schedule some time. You don't have to fully volunteer. We'll put you in a couple hours and see if it's something you want to do. 
Sure. And you don't even have to, you know, schedule time to meet with us personally. You could send us an email. In fact, we'll take your emails on the show if you have any questions about the con or about volunteering or honestly anything we've been talking about. And you can send it to phoenixconmen at gmail.com. That's phoenix, C-O-N-M-E-N at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll address any questions anyone has about this because what we're really looking to do, what the point of this show is, is to build fervor and excitement for the next show. We want you, the listener, to go into Phoenix Comic Con 2016 knowing who everybody is and just being, you know, just totally pumped to take in this entire experience. Honestly, that's, uh, I loved volunteering. The one thing I wish I would have done was carved out a little more time for myself. And that's definitely something that I am going to put a more concerted effort towards next time just to take in some more of the panels and more of the goings on uh, around the place. Sarah and I have already started talking that, you know, we can get a baby babysitter and, you know, just go me and her for the day because I, I drug the kids to the Karen Gillen panel, but let me tell you how much they cared uh, about <laughs> none. <laughs> no, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll try to answer any questions you guys have. Um, if, if we don't know it, we obviously know people that do, and we will refer you to, I believe the Oracle at phoenixcomiccon.com, uh, the know it all for, uh, the convention, but uh, if you have a question just based on our experience or, you know, anything, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to answer it or yeah, come out the, to the all hands meeting January 9th. Downtown by the by, if you, uh, if you want to see some of the awesome cosplay that we were talking about, the free photo booth photos are posted online for anyone to see. So if you go to photos.comiccon.com, uh, you can flip through all of the photos that have been taken for Comic-Con that are posted on Flickr. So you can see all the costumes and stuff. And, you know, I probably spent 15 or 20 minutes today just perusing through there because there were a lot of cosplays and stuff that I, I didn't even get a chance to catch that I was able to see on there. Yeah, and anybody that went through the uh, pay photo booths, uh, if you hadn't gotten it yet, your digital photo should be tied to your profile of your uh, phoenixcomiccon.com profile. Um, that is one thing that we do uh, after uh, your picture is taken. It gets tied to your account, and you have a digital copy. You should have gotten an email, but if you haven't, just check your uh, profile on the uh, on the convention website. And my voice is about done. That's okay. I, I think we've reached a great stopping point. All, all in all, great, uh, great fan fest, great con. Uh, I, I want to personally thank you, uh, Big Josh, just for getting me involved. I, I joke that the first words out of your mouth when I said I was moving <laughs> is, do you want to work the con? And that is very true. That is the first thing yeah, you said. Yeah, it was actually. <laughs> But, but I'm happy you did because I really did enjoy myself and it really was a great experience. And, you know, I look forward to losing a lot of sleep over the next six months getting ready for the next one. No, I don't think it's that bad. Let's not scare people. Away. <laughs> it depends on how involved you get. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll lose more sleep on the actual days of the con. But you know what? That's what it's there for. Yep. All right. Well, we are going to be signing off for the better part of a month. We will probably do another show after the next All Hands meeting. We hope everyone enjoys their holiday season. Have a Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you happen to celebrate. A Happy New Year. Uh, stay safe. Enjoy your time with your family and friends. Uh, you know, uh, enjoy the new Star Wars. Good Lord. That yes. comes out. 
that comes out in a hot minute. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we are going to see a new level of Star Wars cosplay come this next show. Yes. That I'm sure there's going to be at least one episode dedicated to the Star Wars universe between uh, the beginning of January and then June second, second through sixth. Yes, yeah, second through sixth. Uh, uh, that's going second to be through fifth. Sorry, second through fifth. Okay, ooh, ooh. we don't need that extra day, but yeah, <laughs> please don't show up on the sixth. Yeah. We won't be there. Uh, yeah, but we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about all the new guests and everything as we find out about them. So we will be doing our best to be the forefront of news uh, related to the Phoenix Comic Con uh, scene. So. So we look forward to hearing you, uh, hearing you. Yeah, I'm running out of steam too. We look forward to having you listen to us next year. Yes. Okay, for Mr. Nick Crafter. And for Big Josh. Ah, this has been Phoenix Con, man. <laughs> <laughs>